Because you love God, because you belong to God, because you're a child of God, it's not automatic that the honor of God will be upon your life. He said it used to be that way, but far be it from me. From now on, those who honor me, what's going to happen? He said, I will honor. Amen? So we've been learning as a church family how to honor the Lord. Through this series, uh, that's been the endeavor. Um, And there are four ways that the Bible teaches that we are to honor the Lord. Number one, we're to honor him with our presence. Number two, we're to honor him with worship. To honor him with worship. Number three, we're to honor him with our service. Talked about that last week. And then number four, the Bible teaches that we are to honor the Lord with our substance. Say it out loud. Honor the Lord with our substance. In the book of Proverbs chapter 3, this is probably the number one that we know. We've heard this in churches. We've preached this. We've believed this. We get this. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 9 and verse number 10, it says to honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out with new wine. So we know that one of the four ways that the Bible teaches is that you honor him with your substance. What I want you to know is that, you know, it's not just enough to honor him with your substance, that there are other ways that the Bible teaches and that we didn't necessarily know. You know, it's a big thing that you got up and came to church on this holiday weekend. I said, it's a big thing that you came to church. I mean, you showed up. This is not checking the box. You are honoring God, the almighty God, by being here. Amen. Not everybody does that. Some people lightly esteem it. It doesn't mean as much. It's a big deal when you actually lift up your hands and open up your mouth and say something to God. Not just, you know, bask in his presence, but when you speak of God, of good, and speak and honor him with your words, whether you have a tone or not, you sing unto the Lord, you make a joyful noise. It honors him. Come on, somebody. 
When you serve Him, when you go above and beyond, not everybody serves. Amen. Not everybody is doing something for God, but when you, you know, dedicate and consecrate and commit yourself to serve in one way or another, it matters to God. He sees that and He's going to honor you as a result of it. But last but not least, the Bible teaches us to honor the Lord with your substance. But uniquely, this is so powerful. He says, when you honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all of your increase, there's a promise that's associated with it. This is a powerful promise of God. If you honor him with your substance, he says, your barns are going to be filled with plenty. Do you have barns? Now, you know, if you don't know this, uh, we've learned from the scripture. This is talking about your storehouses. This is talking about where you, where you store stuff. You know, anybody got a closet in their house? Anybody got a garage in their yard? Or anybody have a storage unit in their neighborhood that they got stuff or, you know, substance that they put in? How about a bank account? Come on. He said, if you do this, this is going to be the result. He says, your barns in that day, I don't know, I don't, I imagine they didn't have a banking system like we do. Maybe they did. Uh, they did have creditors and whatnot. But notice he said to them in an agricultural society, the place that you store the harvest, the place where you store the seed, the place where you store the stuff, the place where you put the animals, they are all, oh glory to God, not your barn singular, but your barns plural are going to be full with plenty. You're going to have more than enough harvest. You're going to have more than enough seed. You're going to have more than enough place to put your farm equipment. You're going to have more than enough place to put your animals that need to be shut up in store. This is a promise. And remember, it goes right with what he said. If you honor me, I'm going to honor you. If you honor me with your presence, I'm going to honor you with my presence. If you honor me with worship, I'm going to highly esteem you. If you honor me and serve me, I'm going to serve you. If you honor me with your substance, I'm going to honor you with my substance. Come on, somebody. This will explain why we are where we are. Amen. Because he is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he's going to cause it to come to pass. Now, so what a powerful promise from God is this. So there are two things in this verse. Number one, he's talking about honoring him with money. He said substance. And then the second thing he's talking about in this verse is doing it first. He said, honor him with your substance and with the first fruit. Somebody say, do it first. So I want to talk about just real quickly and I'll let you go. Well, I'm not going to let you go. We're going to sing. We're going to get another message. I'm sorry. If you're new here, amen. We have two messages at Faith Family Church. <laughs> Proverbs in the New King James says, Proverbs 3 and 10, uh, 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions. So just in case you were thinking, well, that's not necessarily money. He said substance. Maybe that's, you know, my substance, my inside, you know. No, no, no. It's talking about your possessions, what you have, right? In the New Living Translation, we can go through a number of translations. I'll just give you two. 
to give you an idea of what this word substance means. In the New Living Translation, he says, honor the Lord with your what? Come on, honor the Lord with your what? Now, we, that, that's your money. Okay, so to be abundantly clear what I'm talking about, the fourth way the Bible teaches us to honor the Lord is with our money. And I really want to challenge you to do that because of the, because of the good result. The number one way to honor the Lord with money is to dedicate 10% of your income to God. That is a high honor. And most people don't reach that bar. But I want to tell you, as your pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm obligated to tell you the truth. One of the best ways that you can honor God with your money is if you make a hard decision that from this day forward, 10% of everything that comes into my hand. Sometimes people ask, like, different kinds of questions, you know. We had the, uh, what was that when the government gave us money? St- the stimulus. Did you get a ch- stimulus check? No, I'm, I'm going to mess with you now. And some people ask, you know, well, should I tithe off the stimulus check? That's the government looking out for me because we're going through hard times, you know. Uh, $700 or whatever. Well, the, the, the Bible says to honor him with, what, what, with your substance, with money, and with the first fruits of all of your increase. Anytime you increase, you have an opportunity to honor the Lord. Sometimes people ask about taxes. You know, do, do, when I get my tax refund, do I tithe off of it? Well, if you've been tithing on what you've been receiving from your job, the government took part of that money, and now they're giving it back to you, but you've already tithed on it. Some wheels are turning. So you don't necessarily, in that case, need to tithe on it because you've already, come on, y'all, help me now, tithed on it. I'm, I want to get past this part. I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but I want to help you. If you make a hard decision that anything that comes, I've had people sell homes and give 10% to God. I've seen, I, I remember one, one dear lady, and uh, again, I was pastoring with Bishop Butler in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, one, one dear lady received a million dollar inheritance and immediately tithed. Didn't even bat an eye. Tithes and offerings that, that week went off the chart. Come on, somebody. I mean, just clean it. We do a little grab way, way back there. Had a little grab. It was just clean. A hundred thousand dollars in one. Could you do that if you inherited a million dollars? Yeah. How do you do that? It starts by a dedication in your heart. He says, if you'll do it with the small things, you'll do it with the big things. And he said, if you don't do it with the small things, you won't do it. Come on, somebody. You won't do it with the big things. So very simply. One of the best ways. Now, um, I would call his name. I highly esteem this man of God. As a matter of fact, he helped me understand tithing better. But last week, he began to teach in his church in a different direction about tithing. I know, I'm making a statement that, 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 that is a statement of truth. I know that in the New Testament, we are not commanded to tithe. I don't want you to be under condemnation about this. It is an honor for you to tithe, 
Right? You get to do it. You get to take advantage of what God said to the children of Israel in the Old Testament. He commanded them to tithe. And he said, if you tithe, I will open for you the windows of heaven and I will pour out for you more blessing. You'll have manifested blessing more than you have room enough to receive. Your barns would overflow. Your ba- everything would overflow. That was a promise to the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3. All right. He said, I would also rebuke the devourer. He was talking to them. Now, in the New Testament, Peter points out that God is no respecter of persons. What he has done for one, he'll do for others. Amen. He's obligated to do it because he doesn't, he doesn't respect one person over the other. However, according to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, he honors one more than another based on how they honor him. Amen. Come on, say amen to that. So you get to tap into what the Jews were able to benefit from. You're not obligated. Nowhere in the New Testament are you commanded to tithe. If you want more information about this, I did an entire series called Dedicated. I feel like I'm getting stuck, y'all. Come on, somebody. Because it's so important for you to make a decision to honor him with money. And the number one way is with 10%. Go with me if you would. Uh, To Malachi chapter 6. This is so good. Uh, listen to this statement. The, the second thing in this verse that in, in Proverbs 9 is honor him with your money, but he also said with the first fruits. So the second thing is to do it first. Don't give God what's left over. If you want to honor him with money, don't tip God. Don't give him what you can with what's left over. You know, you come to church and, you, you know, you got $20 and that's just left over from the week. Don't, don't, don't give God what's left over. You're saying, Pastor, don't give the $20? Yeah, I'm saying don't give. What I'm saying is don't give him what's left over. Now, if you planned to give him $20 because you wanted to honor him with the $20, he said, he did so if, so if sparingly will reap sparingly, he did so if bountifully. You're going to reap based on what you sow when you do it with intention. But let me say it again. Don't give God what's left over. Where are you talking about, Pastor Stan? Uh, look at Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. I've got to speed up a little bit. I'm not going to be rushed. I'm going to preach. Come on. He says, a son honors his father. What's the subject? Somebody say honor. honor. And a servant is master. Then if I am a father, where's my honor? What are you talking about, God? We honor you. We sing to you. We, we show up for you. We serve for you. What are you talking about, God? He said, if I'm the father, where's my honor? If I'm the master, where's my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts to you, priests who despise. Remember, despise was that word in First Samuel chapter 2. You priests who despise my name. He's talking about people who despise his name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? Look up at me for a moment. Remember, he said, I will honor those who honor me, but those that despise me. If I were to go through the room and have you fill out a little card, do you despise God? Who's going to put no? I mean, who's going to put, yes, I despise God, right? I'm looking like, no, I don't despise God. But to them, he said, yet you have despised me. They, do, they were despising him and didn't know it. How were they despising him? And he explains. You priests who have despised my name. Listen, how did they do it? Verse 7. You offer. This is an offering. 
uh, oh, okay, they're showing it in the New Living Translation. Uh, I'm going to show this one in New King James. I'll read it. Y'all listen. They'll put it up. You offer defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. Verse 8. And when you offer, this is an offering, the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer, this is an offering, the lame, the sick, he says, is that not evil? Offer it to your governor. Invite your pastor over for dinner and serve that to him. Take your parents out and give that to them. How about the president or the, your boss? The lame and the sick. Offer it them to your governor. Would they be pleased with you? Would they accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. Say it out loud. Don't give God what's left over. This is, a, this is the conclusion of the series, y'all. And I'm just teaching you how to honor the Lord. Don't give them your leftovers. After you've paid the mortgage or the rent, after you've paid the car note, after you've paid the car insurance, after you've paid for American Express or Visa, after you've paid for your, your, the children's clothes, after you done bought something for yourself, you done did your hair, you know, you done did your nail, you done had your pedicure, and then you come up in the church. You look at, oh, you look at what's Oh, y'all got to help me. And I know it's hard, but I got to tell you the truth. You look at what's left over. God, you, you know what's going on in my life. Father, you know what I need. Oh, bless me, God. Come on, somebody. You give them what's left over. You say, I don't want that. I don't want that. All right, so let me teach you the right way. So the, the, in, in the verse, he said, honor him with your money, but do it first. With the first, the, the first fruits. Oh, uh, uh, Pastor Eggerton, run up here uh, for a moment. Oh, I love Pastor Eggerton. He's, amen. He's my elder in the Lord. He's one of our pastors here. Um, he's got a garden at home. And uh, every year over the past several years, the, the first harvest out of the garden, I don't know if anybody, because I know other people get some of the fruits and vegetables that come out of his garden. But I want y'all to know, he always gives me us some first. Amen. Is that right? Yeah. He honors us with the garden fruits. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so what I'm saying to you is to do it first. If you, wanna, if you want it to be an honor, set aside a portion. Uh, let me give you the last scripture and I'll close with that. Well, ooh, no, I got two. I got time. I got time. This is a holiday weekend. Where y'all going? Y'all going to rush me? This is good teaching. I'm, I'm done with honor the Lord. We'll do something else next week. But listen, he, he said honor him with your money. So that means give money to God. But what but, but we also have to learn is don't give him what's left, left over. Whatever you do, do it first. So there's a scripture in the New Testament. Like I said, the New Testament doesn't, doesn't talk a lot about tithing. It, has, it does talk about tithing. Jesus said you should tithe. He didn't say you had to. He said you should. Again, if you want more information about accurate teaching, go back and get the subject dedicated. You should dedicate a tenth, but it's up to you. But if you don't, what the Bible talks about a lot in the New Testament 
is as whatever you purpose in your heart to give to God. Okay? But notice this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. Look at what it says. It says in the New Living, I'm going to read it out of the New Living. Perfect. On the first day of the week, each week, somebody say each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. Does that sound like do it first? Does it sound like, notice what he didn't say. On the first day of each week, you should each set aside 10% of what's come in for that week. Did it say 10%? So are you obligated to give God 10%? He got quiet. That's why I'm taking the time. The answer is no. Should you? Well, yeah, the Bible teaches it. And if you're wise, amen, you'll see the precedent in the old. Understand that God put it there for you to learn. And he's giving you the opportunities, not forcing you to do it. And yet he confirms it by saying, set aside a portion. To some, it'll be 10%. Some 11 Some 20%. Some 30%. How many of y'all would love to get to the place where you could give to God 30% and live off of 70 be wonderful. Let me tell you how to get there. It's by honoring him with what you have. Okay? So in the New Testament, it does teach that let every man, this is 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, 9 and 6, 9 and 7. He says, let every man purpose in his heart what he's going to give. And so let him give. Not grudgingly, not of necessity. If it's grudgingly for you to give, don't give. Your heart's not in it. If you're giving out of a necessity, don't give. He said, don't give that way. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves one whose heart is in his giving, glad to do it, prompt to do it. Amen. They can do it cheerfully. So in the New Testament, we're taught that if you sow a little, you'll reap a little. If you sow a lot, you'll reap a lot. If you're wise, you'll get to that place where you learn to sow a lot. Why? So you can reap a lot. But it doesn't stipulate what you have to give. He confirms it later in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2. He said, let each one of you every week. Somebody say every week. Do you see the intentionality with that? Some people give only when they come to church. I'm, I'm thankful that years ago, years ago, we did away with the offering collection. We don't pass the offering receptacle through the aisle. There's a box by the door if you're visiting. If you want to give, there's an offering envelope on your seat. We're not talking all like this to get, an, get you to give an offering. We're just trying to tell you the truth and take the pressure off. How many of you grew up in a church where they told you that if you don't tithe, you're under a curse? Come on, raise your hand. I was in that church. Amen. A couple of other people. Other people don't want to vote. That's fine. Amen. Amen. No, you're not, you're not cursed if you don't tithe. I hope you know that. You are blessed by God, but he wants to bless you more. Amen. So what should you do? Do it first. The first day of each week, that's Sunday, each one of you should put aside a portion of the substance. A portion of the wealth. Are you getting a hold of this? You say, okay, God, I'm going to set aside 5%. I don't see it. I'm not at peace. 
I feel like I can't afford to tithe. There's some discrepancy in the body of Christ. Some people are saying this. Other people are saying that. And I'm just not settled on it. But I did hear what Pastor Stan said. And what I have peace with is to set aside 3%. Every time I get paid. And I want to honor you with 3%. Don't give God what's left over. Was that good today? Amen. Amen. I'll save the other part for a different time. Praise God. But let's go ahead and uh, pray over our offerings. If you would, go ahead and stand upon your feet for the sake of time.